You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Voluntary Vixens, where Jesse and Maddie give a female voice to news and pop culture with a libertarian twist. Join us to stay informed and challenged while keeping it sane, peaceful, and most importantly, voluntary. All right. Do you want to start, Maddie? Sure. <laughs> uh, I guess since you handed it off to me so uh, eloquently. But um, hey, all, it's Maddie from Voluntary Vixens. Here's my co-host, as usual, Jesse. And Hello. today we've got a super exciting, well, I'm super excited uh, about it, but <laughs> an awesome guest who uh, we're so excited to let her just, uh, you know, tell her more about herself but and how awesome her show is. And yeah. Introverts unite. I'm so happy we're all here. <laughs> well, I actually present as an extrovert, but yes. the debilitating anxiety I have after <laughs> such presentations <laughs> leads to my side gig, the cocktail blog, but whatever. Ah, this is that makes more sense. Monica Perez, now. folks. <laughs> right. Welcome, Monica Perez. Secret so, introvert. Secret introvert. I know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't Who have knew? guessed that at all. I did not know. <laughs> so to, for those of you listening and you don't know who Monica Perez is, um, shame on you. Uh, we actually, you know, it's a relatively newish thing that I know who you are, but I'm very happy to have been introduced to you. Found you through um, the guys at Tinfoil Hat. So trigger, that might trigger some people listening. Uh-oh, Tinfoil. But um, here's another trigger. Oh, Monica. my gosh. I go further than <laughs> Oh, yeah. I know. No, great. Um, you got to go back. And, uh, you know, we got so much to te- teach Sam Tripoli about libertarianism and anarcho-capitalism. Oh, but yes. That's for another <laughs> that's for another episode entirely. But um, so Monica is one is uh, the host, one of two hosts. She hosts with her producer, Binkley, uh, but the propaganda report. And so I unironically thank you for your service. Because you listen and watch and research all the news, mm-hmm. and I don't have to because it literally makes me sick. <laughs> yeah, that's why I do it. I kept looking for it, and I was like, I can't find it anywhere. You're telling me I have to do this myself? And I did yeah. because my on the weekends I do a radio show on WSB, which takes callers. So I had to do it anyway because they would call. They listen to Rush all week. And then I say what I say, and they all gang up on me. So I just had to do all that research anyway. And I thought, I think I have to share this with the world. So then the podcast was born. And the Daily Show is kind of relatively new. So no shame on not knowing that or any of it. But uh, once that I started doing that, I realized that there was a, a need for just like news without spin. Because this, the news is sick enough. It makes you sick enough. But then the spin will just make you crazy. Because even like <laughs> if you lean left or lean right and you hear Wolf Blitzer being like, it's time for war. And Fox mm-hmm. like saying, don't mind that trillion dollar deficit. It's like, but I thought. We don't have to care this least, time. <laughs> yeah. Just at least lie to me the way I like to be lied to. It is brutal. Either yeah. way. I will admit I have tried multiple times this week to try and watch the impeachment stuff going on. And I just cannot. It's just let's just watching uh, Adam Schiff on there. Just it, it just kills me. Just I can't do it, actually. I, I, yeah. I do it. either like do 
two times speed on YouTube or I'll just like read the Wall Street Journal because they'll tell you all the propaganda and then you can just see where they're going. Because yeah, they just true. it's such a tell anyway. I'm like, I don't even care what they're saying. I just want to know what we're supposed to believe, which is what <laughs> they tell you. And they like consolidate it for you. So then you can be just like, oh, I know what's happening tomorrow. I mean, I literally said there's going to be a bombshell. And Binkley was like, Bolton. I was like, maybe that was a week ago. But I yeah. thought it was going to be later. I thought it was going to be so that you get like 19 Republicans crossing the aisle to vote for conviction. And he get he lose he gets away with it, whatever. He's not convicted by one vote. Like, I'm actually predicting that still. But Bolton bombshell, I believe, was like a tomorrow's headline last week. <laughs> There's still time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. It's just 1.0. Well, I'm sure we'll get that. I know. Yeah. I listened to, um, to your drive time news blast from today. And so, yeah, like, thanks for catching me up on yeah, it. Yeah, I tried. It's because... like 30 minutes. You should be able to take that. We try to curse and stuff so that it's like at least somewhat amusing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. Amusing and also horrifying. Because... Oh, horrifying. I know. It's <laughs> it really horrifying. is I'm frightening sorry. what's going on And it on scares world, people. Like people like think I'm a bummer. I'm like, I'm totally not a bummer. Like I don't you're even, not. I think you've got to just, this, if you're, if you're worried about the outcome of that thing, yes, you should be bummed, but just make sure you can hug your kids, make a delicious craft cocktail. I don't know. It's probably good yeah. to be able to grow a potato just in case <laughs> stuff really yeah. hits the fan, but I don't think that's that hard. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause, um, I don't know. This this 2020 started off with a bang. I mean, it literally started off with a bang. Yes. Yes. I was. <laughs> and it just World has War not slowed down. I was hashtag World War Three in there for a while. And yeah. like Virginia gun rally, false flag, hashtag. hashtag like, Boogaloo. Yeah. 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 We're getting we're getting set up here. We're getting I know. Like, I don't know. No, it's I, one of the things that um, I've been following a lot is the coronavirus stuff in China and what all has been going on with that. I'm a nurse. So one of the things that I was thinking, well, you know, probably the fact that the all the people in China are getting hit so hard could have a lot to do with the fact that the air quality is just awful there. Uh, the food and the conditions of everything is not up to where we are used to it. So they're exposed to all kinds of things all the time. Their immune systems are constantly fighting off something. So yeah, they're probably weakened already from all the stuff that's going you on wanna, there anyways. You want to go then just, right down the rabbit hole yeah. right now? You ready? Let's do it. <laughs> yes. Okay. So did you ever hear of Nancy Turner Banks? No. Nancy Turner Banks. She's a doctor. She wrote a book. She's written several books. One of them is called, uh, the end of the AIDS cancer paradigm, something like that. She's interesting. You should plug into her. I think she went to Harvard Medical School, but she's probably not welcome there anymore. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> but you can go her her thing. I think it was Pellegra, whatever that's called. I don't know. But she talks oh. about outbreaks, about disease outbreaks being kind of like environmental, nutritional coincident. Mm -hmm. So like when everybody mm -hmm. gets sick at once, this idea, in her case, she talks about AIDS and cancer, like they're just giving you the wrong idea. Like, and my brother supposedly died of AIDS, but I realized that he really died of AZT poisoning. Oh, so, okay. which is what he thought he was. I had no symptoms whatsoever. And he said, they gave me that medicine and I think it's killing me. So I'm going to stop taking it. But it did kill him and nobody dies of it anymore since they stopped giving people AZT. Oh, um, man. So she's Crazy. she's like, that's not a virus and blah, blah, blah. That's kind of interesting. 
But this idea that these viral outbreaks are not they're not just strictly at the very least, they might not even be viruses like in that case, but at the very least, they're not this like uniformly contagious thing where everybody is vulnerable to it and needs to be in a mm-hmm. complete panic and have to be. I like to say I, my goal is not to be independently wealthy, but it's to be independently healthy. Like I mm-hmm. never want to have to plug into the system like that ever, ever, ever. ever and, right. I, and that and they want you to feel like you have to. And, I, and we just said today on the show, like. If you make a, if you tell people that something's out there and it's everywhere and then you tell them you have a vaccine and then nobody gets it, it looks like your vaccine works. But mm-hmm. it doesn't, you know, you don't necessarily, everybody doesn't yeah. necessarily, it maybe didn't at all. Like it's a really funny like a false thing. positive. It could be. Yeah, exactly. Proving yeah. negative. Like yeah. it's possible. You never yeah. know. And even when you go back with the flu, there, there are ideas that, I mean, lots of different ways to think of it, but that sanitation itself or contagion or a misunderstanding of it, or it was something else entirely. Cause they say like that flu killed everybody back then. Yeah. Well, that, that's another thing about the flu is that what are they, what they found that like vitamin D ha- is correlated with the flu. And that's why people are so susceptible to it in the winter time because it's less light. They don't get as much sunlight or vitamin D um, and then, of course, like babies and elderly are going to be who you look for because they're the ones that are not definitely going to get like the least amount of vitamin D. So they well, say that's very interesting that yeah. vitamin D connection, because I was thinking that they used to tell me when I had toddlers that they got sick in the winter because they weren't going outside. They were playing in ball pits at the mall. Yeah, but now that's, I have that's probably teenagers. true, too. Yeah, that may be true. But I have teenagers not playing in ball pits. They're completely <laughs> isolated on their own personal <laughs> devices. And they and they still get the, the illnesses in the winter. And I just mm-hmm. could not figure it out. But because uh, I'm not we don't even have exposure to it. So yeah. that's interesting. But I just feel like the problem is with how I look at the world. And I really try not to. But I always get back to it because the d- deeper you dig, the more you get to this place, which is, I really do not believe that our systems, our media, our governments, whatever, are are operating according to the principles we think they're operating on. They're not actually working for us. They don't want to inform us. They're really working against us, the pathocracy. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard to get information that I, yes. I have to like regress to like the pre-scientific era where I must observe personally something happening for me to believe it. And then actually you can get a lot out of that. Like when it comes to health and stuff, you can put together the pieces if you're observant and self-aware and everything. But I mean, that's it's like mm-hmm. doing the news. It's like me reading you the news. Like you're very happy that I'm doing it for you because you can't, everybody can't do it all. Everybody yes. can't do it all. That is true. You guys have to yeah. help us be independently healthy. Yeah. Well, I mean, definitely one of the things that just uh, because my husband is half Chinese, too, and he's always wanted us to move to China and like, you know, get our kids into the culture and all that stuff, which is something that he wished that he had the opportunity to do. And I'm thinking, let's just wait on that for a while to China. No, he has been back in college. He went on on, like his class for like a trip and it was, he was there for two months. And so it was a really fun trip for him, but I'm thinking you probably didn't really get probably to really see. Romanticized yeah, I was going to say like, is it, is it, did he think it was cool or do you think it was good? Actually, I have a friend, a good friend of mine, her parents are Chinese from China. Mm-hmm. Pre-Mao, they're old. 
Mm. She's Mike. And she would say, like, you don't understand, like, Chinese American is not the same as American. I'm like, and so she decided to move to China to work for a couple of years. And I was like, you're American. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she was was just like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get killed on the escalator. Nobody orders. You just have to push. Everybody's smoking in your face. Whatever. You can't get a decent cheeseburger. I was like, I told you you were American. So, yeah. So the personal thing is space like, is a big thing. They they yeah. like to sit all really close together and eat. And yeah. they are very loud eaters, too, it's, yeah. which I was like, I was saying this in a private group. I hope I didn't sound like a racist, but <laughs> I mean, Chinese people, that's how they like if they are enjoying yeah. the food, they'll it's open culture. mouth, like yeah. slop but everything. Their kids, <laughs> you know, their kids, when they're when people come over, when they emigrate from other countries to this country, the kids are American. Like it totally I don't mm-hmm. think there's any bigger thing. It's just that culture has that thing. And that's why I'm just saying, like, did he ever live there? Did you ever live there? Because it's a cultural difference. Like, I think yeah. people like New Zealand, maybe New Zealand appeals to like an American sensibility. I don't know. But I'm mm-hmm. not convinced on China. Like, I think Hong Kong would have, but they're fucking it up. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was one thing I said. I was like, we can go to Hong Kong. And the thing that's weird about that is his dad his dad is actually, he escaped communism. Like he swam from mainland China to Hong Kong. And so I'm thinking like, maybe your dad, you need to sit down and talk to your dad a little bit more about going back to China. (laughs) They say that there was a, like a, a real purge, like that great leap forward where they killed tens or a hundred million people under Mao, that it literally changed the culture that the people who were killed, it was almost like, snap evolution thing where the people who were killed, it's like the Hungarian revolution or the Shia uprising in 1991 in Iraq where, and I worry if that's what we're doing to Iran is that you're Mm -hmm. getting everybody to come out and say, Oh, I'm a free thinker. I'm going to stand up for myself. I have a gun. And they're just like, Oh, great. Yeah. Come to, come to the square. (laughs) And it, but with the, they, so my friend's parents draw a line between people came over before Mao like I'm saying, like people mm-hmm. who are raised in this country or this culture, regardless mm-hmm. of where their parents came from, that's what this is. It's like if they're there after, they have a different culture. So maybe his dad wouldn't even recognize it. And plus Hong Kong yeah. is different and Taiwan is different because those are people who self-selected to do that crazy stuff also. Well, I know that his dad, he's um, he doesn't speak English very well because even though he lives here in America now, Everybody that he knows is people from China that used to live like in the village and around. So um, I, I think that should I think that speaks volumes because, I mean, he does have a house back in China and he has gone back and forth. But when it came to the date that he was actually going to they live up in Pittsburgh. Well, they used to. Um, he sold his house in Pittsburgh and he was going to move. He decided to move to Las Vegas instead. Nice. Good point. <laughs> but I have to say, there's something about that that I really like. And when my my grandparents all came over to this country, they my two of them came from Ireland. One was German. And then the fourth one was Syrian. And my her father, her parents brought her over as a baby or had her on the boat or something like that. And the mother died. And the father was like, I cannot hack this country especially with the baby so he left her in an orphanage here and he went back to syria 
Wow. And and those days, that organic immigration, it was cultural self-selection. So this mm-hmm. is a I consider our culture to be a consumer culture, a material culture, like mm-hmm. it's just a money culture. It's a work culture, work ethic culture, all that. That's what it is. So it doesn't matter where you came from. If you're choosing it, you can, it's something you could choose. And they did choose it. But mm-hmm. now they have this like human rights industry where they intentionally like, well, tra- I have a friend from Sweden is actually here right now. And they, the immigrants are from Iraq and Somalia. Now there's a civil war in Ukraine, like a couple of miles <laughs> over the yeah. water. And they could have somebody culturally closer, but they, and this isn't like a border wall issue. It just gives the lie to all that. They, I believe they do it in order to create culture clash. So like his community, they could have their own little culture, their food, their everything, mm-hmm. but they're here for a good reason and they're staying. Mm-hmm. And and my guess is they are uh, not having a lot of conflict. Right. Yeah. I could be wrong. No, I mean, they um, I think that for the most part, I mean, he uh, met. Let's see. He met Phil's mom when she worked in, a, in the restaurant that he was cooking in. They were they met at the Chinese restaurant. She's a, she's, you know, American, German, Irish, you know, all American girl. Yeah. So he did. I think in his mind, he's like, I did that. I tried that. That's too American for me, but I don't want to leave, you know. So he when he uh, remarried, he married a Chinese woman and just stuck with her friends and his friends. And they they opened a restaurant in Pittsburgh together and retired off of that. And it upsets me that politics has to encroach on my yeah. principles. So I'm a, a libertarian. I'm an anarcho-capitalist. I don't right. believe in borders, but I also know when I'm being set up mm-hmm. and having like the North American Union is not getting us closer to a voluntary society. I can tell you that right yeah, now. It's not. So it's a bit of a setup and it makes you, I, I mean, there's a conflict. You can't, you can't, the purity of your values, you can either just abandon the system, which is fine, or you can, I mean, I, I decided because I got that radio show and I definitely, it was kind of pointless <laughs> to be like, hey man, I'm just abandoning the system. <laughs> my entire radio career would have been one minute, which would have been fine. Like I, I didn't, I don't think I'm accomplishing anything except for what I did decide to focus on, which is the Bill of Rights. I feel like I'd rather kick the can. I got kids. And I focus on the Bill of Rights and that you just I think if you educate people, they come no matter who's coming from wherever they should be able to understand that. And I think they would. It does get bastardized a bit. But, you know, there's just either it's my only way of not compromising is just focusing on the Bill of Rights, which I do believe you can be kind of uncompromising because it's a Mm -hmm. defense. Yeah. Yeah, I think no, that's a. it's one of those things where I think that's where women like us or libertarians to our degree, anarcho-capitalists, um, those that don't believe that any real state is um, necessary moral. or just yeah. well, any yeah, of the above, sorry. like all of the above and all, all of that combined, because it all kind of goes hand in hand and ends up working out together. Um, but so, I mean, it is one of those things where it's like, OK, well. What do we have? What are we living in? And where are we today? And so I think like when 
I do like, I, like I, I love um, hearing your perspective and how your background and your knowledge of the Bill of Rights and the Constitution and being able to re- like take your anarcho-capitalist perspective and inject that into like, OK, well, so, you know, th- in our perfect world, we'd at least be following this document. And yeah, I like not. to so let's get back to this document to at the, at the very exactly at the very least. Like, yes, if you want to pretend that this document means so much to you, like, what's and let's you read know what? It. Everybody was reading off of that same page when Obama was president because I'm on a, on a mm-hmm. you know, regular all right, all talk radio is basically conservative and you get you can be like libertarian or they mm-hmm. like if you if you're like a hardcore conservative, but you believe in abortion. I think that's what the libertarians are that that they say on like radio a lot of times. I'm like, oh, I'm a, it's just like not religious. No. So they think I'm maybe that. They don't realize it. they actually do know that I call myself an anarcho-capitalist. And I think it makes them think of me as like a novelty act. It's kind of funny. There she goes. <laughs> right. And, but when I would. But then I would surprise people because I would like explain to them what I thought the Constitution said on its face. It's not because I'm a constitutional scholar. I just can read English and it just didn't change that much. It's very straightforward. And, and when it was Obama, everyone was like, here, 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 cheers for the girl, you know? And then now everybody's mm-hmm. like, oh, co- at least uh, every single conversation that gets to the end is, are you saying you wish it was Hillary? Oh, like, man. oh, my I God, just, maybe because then maybe you'd be defending the Constitution. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is one it of those up. things. It is one of those things that like right after he won and even before he won, like I like I've said before, I didn't think he was going to win because I didn't think they were going to let him win. I, I don't know how it happened. The Matrix broke something. Somehow he no, got no, it. He's in on it. But whatever. I know that is your thought. Yeah. And it scares yeah, me, too. Sure. So for sure. <laughs> Uh, what they want they got globalism i well yeah so <laughs> yes. there that's what it is is that like so you know you can always count on a um what is it count on a war with the democrat but always yeah. count on like the deficit growing I with the it republicans the contrary law of democracy the contrary law of democracy that's my uh you know i coined it and then is it tom woods or is it scott horton's law that no matter who you vote for you always get john mccain <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was. I think that might be Scott Horton, but yeah, I'm not sure. Scott Horton. That was fantastic. I gotta, I gotta write that one down. <laughs> yeah, don't forget that. <laughs> but um, what was it? Somebody said yesterday when Kobe Bryant passed away, they were like, "Man, I just wish John McCain died again." <laughs> oh man, <laughs> why? So because I don't know. Noted. I guess <laughs> because so thing. many people were so split. Like some sides were like. You know, yay, he died. He was a rapist. And then some were like, oh, no, my oh, life is Kobe falling Bryant. apart. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I was so, like, John McCain was a rapist? <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> well, as far as I know, he's not. Yeah. Or he wasn't. Whatever. I think that I'd was one of the few things he did I'd not do. I'd sooner vote for a rapist. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, you can only really do that one at a time. Yeah. <laughs> you can't mass rape. You, can mass, you can't drop you rape can bombs. commit mass murder. That's very true. Maybe that should be the title of the show. Can we be laughing? Oh my god. My, my, I'm wrestling with my cat right now. Howard. I love the cat. Oh, this is Howard. Oh, hello. Shmoo. Oh, she can't hear me. It's he, a he. And he's, it's a a he. he's pretty big. He's a pain in the ass. I like his little, his little handlebar mustache there. <laughs> <laughs> 
named him after um, Ayn Rand's character, Howard Rourke. Oh, nice. Is his name Rourke or Howard? Howard. <laughs> Howard. He so really totally- looks more like a Howard. Uh-huh. I liked Howard Rourke because he was flawed. Yeah. He married that twit when he was young, but he stuck with her. Right? Oh, no. Was Howard Rourke the architect? I'm thinking Howard, of Hank, yes. Hank Reardon. I'm thinking You're of thinking Hank, Hank Reardon. Reardon. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hank Reardon. I yeah. liked Hank Reardon better than Howard Rourke. Yeah, different book. I was but, an Atlas Shrugged person, yeah. Oh, yeah. I still have yet to read Atlas Shrugged. I have actually because I read it, it first. I didn't ever read it first because it's really the same book, so you don't have to read the Well, I should have you should sorry, read them sorry, all. Sorry. That's not true. Um, yeah. But I would say, I, I also started with Atlas Shrugged kind of like accidentally just was like, oh, this is the iconic book. I'll right. read that. Like everyone's very readable. They're real oh, page yeah. turners. Yeah, definitely. And um, I'll say, and I ended, it's, I kind of ended with her first fiction book, We the Living. Oh, and that was damn. great. Whoa. Well, I mean, I, I still have no spoilers, but, no spoilers, but I like have graphic visual images of the <laughs> Jesse, start with moment. that one. Start with well, that I've one. read so about the Fountainhead and Anthem. Okay. So we had the living uh, just whip right through. For sure. Yeah. Anthem was fast, so I don't know. I just need I have like three different books that I'm trying to read right now. It's just insane. I <laughs> can't help you with that. I can only read them one page at a time because I fall asleep. <laughs> Until I got this book. Should have been the driest book in the world. And this is when my husband is just like, I really thought you were just a party girl. I don't know. This book is really good. It's called Western Media and the Ukraine Crisis, a study in, I don't know, propaganda, war propaganda, something like that. And um, But it was very well written. And he just talks about how like the mainstream media completely misrepresented everything that happened in Ukraine with respect to Russia, like just flip mm-hmm. the script and it has no basis in reality. And he's like quoting the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post as wow. just complete and utter lies, which I had been following along, but it's nice to get it in a, so, and now it's so relevant anyway. Yeah. Actually, that sounds so, like I'll have a really to read good resource. That. It's really good. It's yeah. not a page turner like We the Living, but it's good because right now, when you look back, it was written in 2017, but it was like about 2014. And it goes into like what was really happening behind the scenes and how misreported it was. So it's not really a narrative, but I can't believe the guy's still alive. I got to kind of have wow. a watch on, see yeah, if he yeah. gets into it. I, I hope crash. he lives on an island or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he's like a professor in Virginia. I'm like, dude. Oh, man. <sighs> uh, well, you know, no wonder Governor uh, Northam's trying to take their guns. <laughs> Oh, and he got yeah. him. See, that's the thing. That's I the know. funny thing is that they, they were like, oh, this rally was great. Now go home because <laughs> we're going to be there in a minute or two. Thanks for showing up, everyone. I know. Yeah. And people think it was good and it still happened. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that. I guess I um, I think the laws had already passed. Oh, well, I, I think, think wasn't it like they voted the next day or something? Yeah, like yeah. The voting was like the next yeah. day. Someone tweeted me the vote tally and it was clearly a victory for the gun control. Like he sh- uh, sent me all the things, but I didn't like look at the timeline. I didn't research it. But from what I understand, all those laws are now laws. Victoria, uh, I think maybe, maybe I got to so do disappointing. Mm-hmm. Well, who knows? I mean, how did all those people vote? for that government and when 91 of the 95 counties are call themselves sanctuaries 
gun, you know, Second Amendment sanctuaries. They had just elected these people. Maybe I got to dig more. Well, do you think that that I laws? Do, I do think like a lot of the. Um, I I don't know. They, I mean, either way, I mean, like the fact that it's so different from like I guess what the voting, the results of the votes, and who ended up in office. And who actually is in Virginia as a Virginian? Um, mm-hmm. I really I think said. there's. I mean, yes. there's. Mm. I thought of that. Mega counties that are full of urban people might have yes. an overwhelming impact on the vote. And then mm-hmm. if those 91 counties really amount to 49 percent of the population, it's right. a game. And or people could have lied or whatever. You know, didn't show up the day of the vote, which that would be a little rough. Yeah, which and, that could be true too. Yeah. But I think a lot of this just plugs into uh, the new crisis of democracy. So they're trying mm-hmm. to make, I think they're trying to get us. That's why I'm suspicious of the constitutional convention that some people want. I just don't think that some people say the way to get like a balanced budget amendment or us to restore the constitution is to have a convention like of the states yeah, like, I don't know if I trust it. that outcome either. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I would never. No, I, I like definitely worse. The paper is useless, but at least we can all point. They've got to argue, and they care so much about what we think. That's why they put so much effort into it, in my opinion, the media and everything. So that piece of paper, I think, has real value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which they want to get rid of it. I think. Yeah, um, it is crazy how much effort, like you said, they do put into trying to brainwash us from every single step of the way and every you know step of the way. I was I was literally just watching this pretty trashy uh Netflix show you and so I can't remember you mentioned something on your show the other day my, oh it was you and Binkley talking about like how much of a propaganda rag um HBO is basically yeah. everything there and then I mean I had to know it was coming but um finding out about Homeland I did used uh, to watch oh yes and I do uh, watch yeah. it but I it, it did ever. change <clears throat> it like it used to be first couple of seasons. Well, they get you in excellent. that way. Yeah. They get but that, you in. But um, I guess like if I heard Binkley correctly, it sounded like around season four is when the CIA basically took over the the screenwriting. And so it was. Was that a, like three or four years ago? I mean, that was three or four years ago. A but while like, ago. Like a chunk he was, of. He was this. saying 2016 is mm. when he was reading some of that stuff. I don't know. Okay. But those kind of shows, I might have liked it in the beginning. I can yeah. people will tell me like you will love this show how to catch or, or like uh, catch creating a murderer was one of them or something like that or the making of a murderer. Yeah. And this and I won't watch them because I'm absolutely certain that they are limited hangouts and that mm-hmm. it will drive me and anyone in the room with me freaking crazy when I'm like, that's not what the Constitution actually says. Uh-huh. He's not yeah. commander in chief unless called into actual sense. Like the whole premise of this episode is wrong. You know, I mean, like John Q is like he's blowing up the hospital because his son can't get medical care because he doesn't have insurance or like breaking bad. I loved breaking bad and I did tolerate it, but he was a public <laughs> school teacher and he had, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, it but is. that's how they propagandize the whole world. But I just, I'm a terrible, again, this is where the cocktail blog comes in because the only way I can sit there, I, I'm really down to Rick and Morty and the witcher. Those are the two things that I really, <laughs> really like. And they tell, yeah, I know. Well, my son, my 14-year-old son, is like, you got it. He bought me, this is terrible. For Christmas, he bought me shot glasses with the Witcher on it. And I'm just like, okay, there's so many things wrong with this. First of all, mommy doesn't do shots. <laughs> mommy does not do shots. And who's the Witcher? So then I had to watch the Witcher, and I love it. 
but it requires some shots for sure. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the deepest stuff. I love it though. Anyway, I can't watch stuff that people think I would like because I know, you know, I'm just, I'm ruined. Those scales just got ripped from my eyes and I can't, yeah. I can't watch many things. I can't listen to many things. I can't yeah. like follow certain people, certain musicians. I'm just like, I don't want to hear anything that they're saying. Now you want to yeah. not like the musicians, please don't. Oh, sorry. My mother's like, just don't, just don't say the Lord's name in vain. I don't care if you cuss. I don't care about any of that. Well, actually, not allowed to curse or swear or take God's name in vain, but you can use vulgarity. That's how I was yeah. raised, right? Use vulgarity like a sailor, but that that's really, you have to bleep that out. So uh, I just want to, um, I just I lost my train of thought. That was that was my punishment. That I can right? lost my Forgetting train. what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, oh but, about um, musicians? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I don't want to know because... I don't want to not like them. Oh yeah, right. you were telling you were telling exactly us on your true. podcast about um Gary Clark Gary Jr. Clark Jr. I oh. love him. My son loves him. We got he's so funny and nice when he plays like the blues in New Orleans. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, his song the song opened with "I'm so pissed off," and I was like, and there's Alicia uh, Keys going, "Hey, uh, we got so much love." I'm like, "There's no love here. <laughs> not a lot of love, honey. Zero love. Cultivating <laughs> hate." And all your, you know, all the hashtags are all about. If this is love, you guys need help. And it's so funny. One time I went, because I go to the Grammys, because whatever, I, uh, it's a, I don't want to implicate the person who invites me. So I'm just going to say, like, I don't like anyone to know that I'm, because I go there, people are like, oh, she has a podcast where I'm like, don't, don't tell people to listen to her. <laughs> Next time, you know, a what, a what, honey, you're going to arrest me. I know. I mean, that's the thing. I'm just like, dude, these, I know. Insider. No, but I do. um, So I go there every year and Bruno Mars came out once and just like started insulting the audience. Like, oh, you rich white people. Like, first of all, you know, these are not white people at all. You know, it's not like just this bevy of whatever. And Bruno Mars is calling them rich. I just, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. but if they made me Michael Jackson and <laughs> paid me that way, I think I would be nicer about it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. They're just so they're that mean, that's the, no that's the whole thing. Yeah. I can't watch, um, it's hard to watch movies anymore or even, you know, have the motivation to go to the theater because what movie star do I want to listen, do I want to watch for, you know, over an hour after I've watched him or her go get on Twitter or. Oh yeah. Very you know. And I don't think they can survive. Like that's actually why I started investigating Lori Lachlan's case of the college admissions, because Binkley said, Oh, you know, she's a conservative Christian mm-hmm. Catholic, whatever. And I was like, Oh, I wonder if she even did it or if they just yeah. went after her. I, yeah. That's why. And so it was like a 250 page document. The FBI was just like, I'm just looking up Lori Lachlan. And she was the only one who mm-hmm. at least claims innocence. That's how predictable it is, I, in my opinion. And that in that particular case, it proved it out. But I just think that they if they get a whiff of that, if you're an influencer and you're not either a complete clown saying the mm-hmm. stuff they want to discredit or but like. The I just remember the one that really pissed me off. I used to love to go to Mario Batali's restaurant when I lived in L.A. And he 
started just bad mouthing bankers, rich, whatever. And I'm thinking, isn't isn't that like you just live to serve these guys like, like truffles and everything? Like, isn't yeah. that aren't you? What are you? What? And I just don't get it. The self righteous that thing where uh, everybody just promotes this kind of hate, whether it's class or race or whatever, and then wants to have the moral high ground, like the like the bumper sticker "fuck hate." It's like I don't. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All these resist people. Oh my god! Shout out to the loser who I just saw driving again. Um, biggest loser bumper sticker I've ever seen, and I just saw her for the second time. But she has a bumper that sticker that says "Mueller time." Uh, like, <laughs> like as like really? really? <laughs> yeah. That's not gonna uh, age well. Oh, that's right. You, it, it's not. It's not aged well now, and she yeah. still has it on her car. It's like Jeez. worse than like the Hillary twenty sixteen. Uh, Paid Sick out of- for like putting innocent people in jail. Like the government's paid millions of dollars against stuff that he's done. Like he should not he's be anyone's hero. Bonkers. No. Yeah. Like you have issues if you think that man's your hero. Right. Like, That's the thing. It's oh, this, it's get friends. Go go get friends. Like and it it's on both sides of the aisle. It's just this. You know, your yes. guys always right. And the other, it's like whatever happened to? I mean, ideology is dead in my opinion, but some basic principles of honesty and like just no killing and stealing is like all I really want people to agree on. Like, let's just get back to basics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I try to teach my kids. I'm like, if you want to be a libertarian, just remember not to kill people or steal their stuff. And, and that it. is yeah. so, the most important. Yeah, that's so hard for both sides to stick to. Well, Neither they think there's a gray be, area. Yeah. Or like, they there's everybody's yeah. got their certain list of well it's justifiable when and it's like well that reason sucks and no it's not that guy Kasem Soleimani is first of all you could that's what my mother said he just looked evil okay so does Christopher Walken but yeah. we don't go shooting him in the face yeah and I People are saying, but he did this, he did that. I'm like, how do you know? How do you know that person even exists? How do you yeah. know those pictures weren't from a long time ago? Like, I, maybe we right now could run and do this for an hour and figure it out and get some real mm-hmm. information and be like, oh, there's a newspaper with a headline on it in the same room as him, and we know he's alive on this day, whatever. But when people think they know the story and the answer of how they know is that Fox or CNN told them or Trump tweeted it. I just don't feel like that's a valid. That's just yeah. not an exception to thou shalt not kill. That's just not enough for me. Right. Very true. And if you really needed to die, then, you know, you need to strap one on, put some grease on your face and just get over there and do it yourself and then see yeah. how you're going to, you know, when you go to confession, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that doesn't count. I'm pretty sure it was him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, before I forget, like on the note of just propaganda generally and how it, how they're starting to more and more, well, I don't know. They've probably always done it and you guys are both older than me. No disrespect. Um, I'm the baby here. Both of you. I'm the baby. But, um, so, you know, the specific way that they're trying to propagandize the masses in telling them about libertarianism and libertarians. Like, so, um, for mm-hmm. example, I was just reminded of uh, in Dirty Dancing when the asshole hands um, 
what is it baby hands baby the fountainhead i'm like oh my god oh that my guy. gosh oh do i have to go back and watch that i don't you remember. do it's been you so long do. i probably saw it when it robbie, first wow i did not even think about that yes go back and robbie hands i guess baby he's like of course the biggest asshole and he hands baby a copy of the fountainhead <sighs> and yeah okay and or so that's Mad like Men. what have you ever seen Mad Men? oh i show? saw Mad Men. did they did this was there Don was like Draper, one of those yeah like he liked uh, ayn rand when it wasn't Don Draper, it was um, his boss. Uh, like, I think it was like one of the first three seasons, but he, uh, the boss of the whole company was like, you really need to read The Fountainhead. Oh, yeah. The guy who didn't wear shoes. I think so. Yeah. Yes, and yes, I, yes. I just remember, and he just made it sound like it just, the way he made it look like is everybody who, who reads Ayn Rand are these materialistic, they love taking advantage of people kind of person. Yeah, I was just having an email exchange with a super, super smart listener. I just love when people send me stuff that like really makes me think. And he was talking about how irrational, they act like being selfish is irrational. Selfless is irrational, but mm-hmm. it's totally not irrational. I mean, how long I, I am, I've completely defriended for reals people who are selfish and they mm-hmm. lose the pleasure of my delicious craft cocktails. So, <laughs> right. I mean, it would have been in their selfish self-interest exactly. to not treat me right. poorly. And that's everybody know, you know, rational people tend to know that a rationality yes. is not a black and white decision, completely out of context, having nothing to do with anything else that's important to you. And the only thing that's important to you isn't necessarily just jamming as many calories into your face as you can or <laughs> working as little as possible. You know, I mean, everybody yes. here is doing this for nothing. Right. We're yeah. sharing yeah. thoughts. We want to think. We, we want to save our, our, I don't know what to call it, society, structure, family, life, community from. What we're familiar with, yeah. Yeah, from the evil machinations of people who want to exploit it. And that's, there's nothing face stuffing about that. But yeah. not, not feeling gluttonous about it, yeah. No, I mean, it's just. No. It's well, just and not, it's the idea of like, People have in their mind what being selfish means that you are that you want to take from other people or hoard things and keep other people from having it or, you know, it's but being selfish doesn't necessarily have to mean that. I mean, the better word would probably be like self-interest. Yeah. Like you're trying to do something to better yourself, but sometimes bettering yourself means that you're you know, sacrificing so that your husband can just watch his football game or, (laughs) you know, you stay home and watch the kids so he can work. That's the essence of the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. It's a, it's a selfish, charitable, but it helps you in the long run. Mm Self-evident. Yeah. That's the way, that's the system. Yeah. So that to denounce (laughs) it, to mischaracterize it as, as being, see, I think it's quite immoral and not, Ayn Rand wouldn't promote or that philosophy, whatever, doesn't promote the fundamental like fraud and deception that's required to exploit people out of the just rewards of their work. Right. And they just forget that, that it's not that it's always it's always couched in fraud and deceit. Yeah. When it's in the system, when it's systematic, Mm -hmm. systematic instead of or systemic instead of like somebody climbing in your window and stealing your stuff the the system the evil corporate guy like mm-hmm. even john d rockefeller they call him robber barons whatever they were robber barons they <clears throat> john d rockefeller 
used, I believe, if, uh, if what I've read is correct, used government, captive government, corrupt government to mm -hmm. deny people their rights to compete, to protect yes. their own private property, stuff like that. That's see. And that's how it got out of control, because yeah. regular fundamental laws, just laws that we had were not mm -hmm. they were. It was because that uh, that arching power was co-opted and corrupted as it inevitably will be. Yeah. I and I, I think that's, uh, that's another thing I see a lot of, like I have a friend who's a liberal and she always gets on my case about how like she could never be a liber libertarian because we like corporations too much. And <laughs> it makes me just want to rip my hair out. Cause I don't know how many yourself. times I've explained it yeah. to her, how corporations is not what we are in favor of. Like, Many of times corporations are corporations because they lobby government for certain benefits. And that's not what I mean, we would much rather government not to be involved at all. And so, you know, I was trying to explain, you know, how, you know, we can be pro capitalist without being right. corporatists, you know? Yeah, I, I call it the corpo governmental continuum. It's just, it's not, it's not mom and pop entrepreneurship. It's not a free market system at all. I mean, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't, I even toy with the idea. I'd have to <clears throat> kind of think more about it, but that the limited liability corporation maybe isn't isn't a good thing, you know, like you don't actually have to have, it. especially as an anarcho capitalist, you wouldn't have it. There is no, I mean, you screw somebody over, you're probably going to pay for it and not be able to hide behind the shield of documents of incorporation. Yeah. So I, I don't, I think that to hold people personally responsible for their actions inside the office or out is totally valid. And that mm -hmm. would solve a lot of problems. Right. That certainly would solve her problem. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking of, uh, I was just thinking the other day, because I read this book a long time ago called, like, it's like, it's a fictional book, but it's kind of based on, like, the beginnings of New York City and, and the industrial, when, you know, the industrial revolution sort of hit, and all these uh, immigrants are flooding into the city to work in sweatshops and things like that. And uh, I'm thinking, like, the maybe, like, the 1920s, uh, there was, like, this big, fire that broke out in a like a shirt factory and all these women had to jump from the top of the building to their death because the guy who owned the factory locked the door so they couldn't leave and that was Why? keep the productivity up and that thing, oh and they, not when it was on fire but that's just what he did yeah he did yeah not that's just what he did to keep them from leaving right. okay. and they would stay and then they he would unlock it at the end of their shift or whatever, but the fire broke out and nobody could get there to unlock the door. So all these women had to jump from the top floor to their death or die in a fire. So the, a lot of liberals will say, well, that's where we had to get government involved into business because somebody had to hold these people accountable and make sure they're treating these people right. And then of course, you know, all the, the children that were probably, you know, exploited and used in these types of situations too so we also need to make sure that kids can't work anymore and you know, need they need to go to school yeah <laughs> they need to go to school we don't need to have kids working in what in sweatshops and chimney would, sweeps and i would say a couple of things first of all <clears throat> i think that like the basic original premise that people miss and i believe 
I've toyed with the idea that it came from the plague, the Black Plague. Plague wiped out all the labor. And, and I think, if I've got my timeline right, capitalism was kind of just emerging at the time to be able to really cordon off large amounts of surplus wealth to invest in something that was very efficient, mm-hmm. or even just feudalism, where you'd have a farm that needed a lot of people. They needed labor, and they would, like, capture people, imprison people to be the labor. Labor was so valuable. And I, mm-hmm. I think that somewhere along the line, they just... We're like, we can never let that happen again. Not not that there was a continuous they, although there is an argument that there was a continuous they, but that they're always afraid that labor will understand its own power. And if and in a free society, I think labor would and you wouldn't you would never work in that guy's factory. And the guy next door could build a factory that did not lock the doors and yes. would get all the people with self-respect and he could pick and choose who he wanted, he could just pick the people who will work and give them an extra dime or whatever. And yeah, as far um, as, it's very simple to just, that's why, so everyone's like, oh, women make less for the same pay. Women are <laughs> are the majority of mm-hmm. workforce. Women are the majority of the workforce now, which is exactly what would happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's why it's happening, but that is what would happen if women did make less for the same pay. Only women would get jobs till all the jobs were given to women. Mm-hmm. And then the wages would clear wherever you just can't. I, like I always said, I, if they didn't have bank charters, when me and every other woman got fired from a place I worked in, we would have run across the street and opened chick bank. We work harder for less, but we couldn't, <laughs> chick bank. but we couldn't because they had all the charters. The guys who fired me were the guys who were playing golf with the guys who had the keys to the city. I mean, there was just no, no hope for it. And I will say for the for the kids, I mean, I think in, in many countries you can see in the here and now yeah, that people who are starving and have like worms in their feet and stuff. I'm not saying they have good conditions in those places because they, too, have corrupt government that mm-hmm. that that goes in there. And uh, like they say that our aid, our aid goes to support like warlords or people who will promote our it has nothing to do with nothing to do with the poor people. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with what they say at all. It's simply a political. They take the money just by a political thing. And those guys have to go out of their way to keep people down who would compete with their, like, outsized profits. I mean, that's what it is, because the profits would always go down to economic zero because new things would pop up. But but in a free society, kids working is a benefit to them. I used to love to get to be, you know, the runner. I had eight brothers and sisters. And... Mm -hmm. I was the baby and they would just give me a dollar. And I, if I rent, the house was so small that the fridge couldn't fit in the kitchen. So it was in the basement <laughs> and my sister's room was on the top floor. So I would have to go all the way, all the way down. And it was super scary. Oh. So I would go, it was dark. So I had to go all the way, all the way down and get her ice cream, but I would get a dollar and a bowl of ice cream. Oh, I wow. mean, right. Oh, yeah. I was an urchin. Yeah. And then yeah. some, cop came in and said you can't do that she's a kid no that's not true but if it had happened it would have been devastating for everyone yeah because I was thinking of like you know when I've been to India and I've been to like the really poor parts of India and um we did like a, a medical mission there and I remember lots of the kids would work I mean they would be rag pickers they would beg on the streets they would um, do odd little jobs here and there to earn some money because, you know, many times, uh, like they're one of one or both of their parents are sick and they can't work. And if they don't work, then right. nobody eats. 
So if we, ha- if they had a law, which they probably yeah. do in India now to think about it, but if, yeah. <laughs> but it, a law would prevent them from being able to even, I mean, all, for the family. all this is about is making food and making people to eat the food. That is life. You make food, you eat the food, you have babies, you feed them, they make food, they eat the food. I mean, that's it, right? And it's fun. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, time. Just, you know, I'm just saying that that's what it is. So you have to just get basic about, do you treat each other decently? Then you have mm-hmm. like religion. When you think about it, billions of people belong to religions where they voluntarily pay taxes, you know, not taxes, but they voluntarily give Tithing. welfare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they behave themselves. That's the whole yes. essence of religion is volunteerism. I'm not advocating. I'm not saying like, oh, we should all whatever. I'm just saying there are there's there, there is a moral modes. imperative. I believe there's a moral imperative that mm-hmm. that we that drives us, and it's rational. It's yeah. this thing where we're all in it together. It's like an insurance policy, and if we all take care of each other, then if one of us gets sick or whatever, like we can all. It, it makes sense for us to to structure ourselves this way. But even in like the fifties, I know old movies aren't the way to do it, but I remember like my parents kind of skipped a generation. They're like a little bit too old for me generationally. And there were real standards for morality as a businessman. And you'd want to work with the guy. Like you'd be like, I, you have to get a job there. Like everybody wants to work at that guy's place because he's a fair person and he's Mm -hmm. honest and, and like people cared about reputation the fact mm-hmm. that that was a concept, clearly it had a meaning. And that, right. so if this guy's going to lock that door, my guess is the husbands of those women would burn his house down with him in it. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then he deserves mm-hmm. that. I think, and I don't know for sure, but I do think that, I mean, I think he got, uh, he got something happened to him and I don't remember what was in the, in the book, but I do remember like that he basically was pulled out in the street and beat up or something yes. like that. I mean, that's what would happen. You can't, and, and, and maybe people make mistakes, but the state makes mistakes to yeah. like the roles of DNA evidence that exonerate people who were killed mm. by the state. So oh, you can all say, the rape kits that never get tested. Yeah. I mean, that's just a, that's a whole thing right there. The state, there's no justice for any of those rape victims. Right. And or the people accused even. They, I don't usually go to this place, but I mean, I seriously wonder because I respect people. A lot of people work for the government, teachers, people, uh, cops, every, a lot of people work for the government. You can't just like, they all suck, whatever. But I think there's a culture in the cops where in some places anyway, they're not really even trying. Like, that's not what it's about. And yeah. And the basic premise that the basic argument that people have with with me, with us, is that, well, what would you do without the cops? And I'm like, I'm not sure they're actually (laughs) doing what you think they're doing. And now I was like, my father has told us never to call the cops because it was rude. Like, if you Mm -hmm. don't have the cojones, the courage to go tell your neighbor that you don't that his music is too loud, you're going to hide behind a cop that he just didn't Mm -hmm. like it. It was just poor character. But I, like I yeah, and I wasn't go. I was like, yeah, let me just tell the kids to call the cops. I, I like, you know, I just I can't stand on principle. I have children it's for the children. And now <laughs> my rational self-interest, I'm like, don't ever call the cops because they're going to bring a gun and they don't care what's right or wrong. And they will never have to answer for that. 
Well, I'm not saying they don't care what's right or wrong. They aren't going to suss out the facts if it's a risk to themselves because that is how they are trained. Mm-hmm. So they're going to bring a gun. And if the dog barks too loud or my son has Down syndrome and once someone did call the cops, he ran, ran away and the cops were looking for him in the woods. And I hear him in the woods saying, don't get any closer. I have a stick. And I was like, holy God in heaven, oh do not. I, mean, I was just like, I told the guy I went. I was like, the cops were there with their hands on the guns. So I was like, I'm going to him. And they're like, don't go. I was like, I'm going. Shoot yeah. me in the back if you have to. But no way am I letting mm-hmm. this hysterical kid freak you guys out. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that's the thing is that, I mean, my last hope is that, or the, the only you know th- thing I could say in defense of the system as that works, some places they're good, but that that maybe it is a deterrent. That mm-hmm. it is a deterrent that somebody would call the cops. I mean, burglaries, like we do get the cops come around for burglaries and stuff and they catch them and people have their cameras and they, they do catch them and perhaps that deters. I'm not sure it really does deter because there's a lot of burglaries around here. But, you know, I don't know <laughs> if the deterrent, I haven't debunked the deterrent theory yet, but everything else I'm pretty <laughs> much done with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just think, especially with like um, the cop situation, um, I feel like it's changed a lot because when I was a a therapist and I worked in a psychiatric hospital, I worked with kids and I worked with families a lot. And I remember, you know, families having to call the police because their their kid ran away or they were suicidal or they were acting out and they thought they might be a danger to somebody. And I just remember back then I had a lot of respect for the police because they they would deescalate situations and bring these people into the hospital. But I just... um, like as I worked there for about seven years. So about towards the end of that time, I remember hearing more stories of like, um, I remember a story about, uh, of a young, like 20 year old, like schizophrenic kid. He he smoked some marijuana and it made that if you're yeah. schizophrenic, don't smoke marijuana. Yeah. It will make you crazy. And it made him crazy. And he started acting out and all of a sudden the cops showed up and then he was just, out of his mind and they beat him up so bad that like he had to be spend like, I don't know how long in the hospital, but his mom told me like they broke, like basically one side of his face was like caved in from like being hit so much. Yeah. And I mean, it's just a a schizophrenic kid. Yeah. I think it is getting worse. And like my son has down syndrome and I, I read a couple of years ago, a story of they, they were trying to restrain a kid with down syndrome and they did end up killing him. But I have had mixed, I have to say for the record, I have had mixed experiences so that I have had, I have had a couple of times when they did de-escalate the situation, but mostly not, I have to say, and I, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's an escalation in the wrong direction. I remember the hospital that I worked at, we really tried not to have to hospitalize kids with Down syndrome because we just weren't, you know, our, our staffing wasn't for, for that type of uh, patient. Yeah, it's hard, yeah. And because, you know, well, my son wanted to, he, he hates, he's like, I hate Ivy. I hate Ivy was the IV and he just wanted to like pull it out of his arm. And eventually I had to, I had to tell them to just take it out. And they're just like, but it's not finished yet. It's like, just take it the fuck out. Well, I'm just thinking that in my experience is they just need to have those types of, of patients need to be like around familiar environments around family or friends. And when you're in the hospital, like they can't be with their family overnight and things like that. I remember he like, but we had this one kid that for some reason he stayed for like one night 
And I remember he, we had like all the staff had to surround him because he was starting to just get real worked up and he couldn't calm himself down. And I was like, guys, get away from him. Like he's scared and you guys circling him is making him ask, act out like it, it never, cause they just don't know. And this, I will say, I noticed with the schooling because he goes to public school and I've noticed with the institutional things, like as you get more centrally controlled, as you get more systematized, Mm -hmm. which is what the sustainable thing I think is about, like systems, uh, they, you really lose control of any ability to tailor or to love, you know, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. It all comes down to treating others like this idea that that we're hyper rational assholes is yeah. not it's not valid because it's the individualism that allows for actual love in the you know that golden rule kind of love which yeah. is what we need and what we want because for the grace of god go i you know i try to tell my other kids i'm like hey man he just you could have been that kid mm-hmm. so you have to pay it forward a little bit you know mm-hmm. or god will curse sorry no yeah he will fight you there is is definitely some truth to that and and that's one of the reasons why I left working in that environment because it was becoming more and more run by the state um they shut they just shut down the state hospital and so we were like the state psychiatric hospital so that meant we more visits from Jayco you know, more CMS visits and more Then we all of a sudden we had all these new rules and things we had to follow. It just seemed very rigid. And it just, um, I didn't go to school for that. Yeah. And it doesn't <laughs> you get know? better. And the more they take out of your hands, your ability to judge and yes. they do that because they'll say this one guy locked the door and those people jumped out the windows and they'll tailor laws to like that person. Whatever. Meanwhile, there's so, so much, uh, dead weight loss from that. There's so much actual damage done, but they they say they follow the process, they follow protocol, and then mm-hmm. there is no recourse. So, like with medical yeah. malpractice, I'm sure you know, all you have to do is follow what they what the guidelines are. You don't. Ha- there's no assessing your motives, your your yeah. judgment. Nothing. Not that I I think people should be on the line like that. You're doing your best, presumably, but the this idea that it's really just the uh, that right is the same as authority and it doesn't it doesn't go past that i'm a little yeah. afraid that i didn't answer your questions about the 2020 election <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> like oh uh we, you know what well have so what's more important than the 2020 election and what's kind of like a theme that covers everything we were just talking about and something that um can go back to what we started our show with was is like so one of the things that when the state comes in and takes over and is the monopoly of these areas like the policing uh you know the fire department um things that are i i'm starting to call it the state shiny objects like well look at this and like (laughs) you you need this um or else but it's like so the further and further we get away from like privatization of everything you know the state takes away our imagination they it it like really limits us and um and thinking of alternative 
ways, methods, problem solving. None of it is on us as individuals. It, it's always somebody else's fault, somebody else's responsibility. And so now we're seeing more and more of that with healthcare. And so it's mm-hmm. like what we were saying in the beginning, like how important, like forget being wealthy. It's all about being healthy. And it's like so there's so much that goes into just an individual's health. And like, if everybody was just a little bit more self-aware, self-conscious, like well, conscientious towards the, themselves. And um, this goes to the gun control thing where, where when people had guns, they knew how to use guns and it, it was very yeah. empowering. This is very disempowering and disempowerment in that way, as well as like stifling your creativity is creates unhealth mental unhealth, like, yes. you know, creates that. And then you become the person they're telling you that you are, that they were built this whole structure to, to approach, but we became that person because they built it, you know, they built the cages and then we just yep. got in them, but we weren't like that. I, it's really sad actually, when you put it that way. Um, Cause the wild west was not wild. No. Yeah, no. but they make it seem that way for sure in all the movies. And- Westworld. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I cannot. I used to love that show, but it's like it feels immoral to watch it. Yeah. Like, oh as yeah. If your innermost desire yeah. is to rape people and murder people. I mean, it's really. I just don't. I really liked first season, that. and I yeah. thought it was like interesting, like from the libertarian angle. Like, of course, you're. Um, on the side of these robots that are gaining consciousness mm-hmm. and they're like, uh-uh, mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to take this no more, human, right. you evil humans, you <laughs> Clintons, the Clintons yes. are at the rest world. Um, really? Yeah, that's true. But then right, the second season got all really weird. Yeah, yeah, and then they all just turned into murder typical, jerks because without... Typical HBO ruined show and, you know, yeah. too First bad. First season of Deadwood yeah. was really, really, really great. First season of Deadwood. Like I'll have to try. I have to watch. Just throwing it out there, okay. non secretary but like it was the finest television <laughs> ever made. Good. Just to, to drag you into it. Well, I didn't mean to make your point negative. I don't mean to make your point negative. No, I mean it, it is kind. Of, it, my point was it is negative. Yeah, it is negative. It is negative. Like, but um, I feel like we can. That health is that. Well, after I read that Nancy Turner Banks book, and her her. I think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe girls can't say this, that if you have um, that, we can protect ourselves from some of these these things that make us sick in the society with, mm-hmm. you know, minerals and micronutrients and stuff. Is there I feel like that has to be true, but maybe it's not. I'm really into essential oils. <laughs> oh, really? So <laughs> that's a body mind connection thing, right? Yeah, it's all part about like frequency, you know, vibe. Oh, yeah. I do think, you know, there's something to energy, what we put out, what we create within us and, you know, what's going to come back to us. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's certain degree of like the heightened awareness and even I don't know. So like I take a lot of different essential oils as my as supplements. And then um, just throughout my day, I diffuse it's there's chemicals in there. And it's like actual little molecules that do something to your brain. And and it's just oh, I have lots of molecules that do stuff to your brain. Like, right? got, like I'm, we, right, I'm right there. We need with all you, that. Babe. Right. Right. <laughs> no, no, I just it's just but my it's, cocktails. I don't do anything crazy. I'm yeah. But I mean, acid or anything. So it's one of those things where I think like paying that much attention to yourself ends up Mm -hmm. reflecting in better health overall. 
Yeah. And so, you know, I'm not curing cancer. I don't have cancer. I I might be. I don't know. And you, um, like that's and me. Like who knows? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you never know. Um, but I think like there's something about the it's that mind body connection. It's like getting to know yourself, like personality wise, physically. I totally think even all of getting that. to know, like being aware of how your body actually works. And if yes. it's not working right, you should pay attention. You should know. To that. Exactly. But if it is working right, you might not want to. Like I'm not a big fan of getting a lot of preventive diagnostic stuff that involves imaging. And I just, mm-hmm. I can't, yeah. maybe I'm wrong, but I just, I yeah. can't. My mother's 91 and her mother lived till 95. And she said that her mother last time she saw a doctor was at her house when she delivered her last child, like 60 years before she was, where she had no teeth, but she lived on ring dings and <laughs> Bailey's Irish cream, which she I thought was a right. good combination. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that sounds like a good cocktail inspiration. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You know what? I should make the Molly Nina hand. I'm yeah. on it. I'm on it. Yep. Well, that sounds great. Um, I don't know. We should probably try and wrap up. It is a school night slash work night and I'm fragile at this stage. Yes, I know. If you guys worked all day, it's late. Oh man. Yeah. I've talked, I've talked to way too many people today. I've sent way too many emails and it's amazing that I still Please. like most so people. What, right? what diffusing essential oil did you use to rejuvenate yourself? Oh, what got me through today uh, included some bergamot and lime and let's see, some patchouli to keep me grounded. Uh, something herbal. I can't remember what else I did. Oh, tea tree boundaries. And also oh, tea tree is good yeah. for um, immune support and it's an antibacterial. Um, the, FDA, the FDA is going to come after me. What do you do with it? Diffuse it. Oh, yeah. So you want to get like the best quality oils that you can get. And then so there's, there's nothing else gunky in them. Pop them in the diffuser. And I just like shut my office door and I soak it all in. Hmm. And yeah, lavender. My kids who doesn't need lavender? Are into candles, and I kind of can't sleep at night because <laughs> they're lighting candles. Oh yeah, no, but no. they like the smell, and I I, I would feel like yeah, try diffusing because then um you know they either turn off after a certain amount of time or they turn off when they're empty, and you know there's no open flame. Yeah, we can talk. <laughs> All right, I'll yeah. think about it. I'm really yeah. on this thing where I never want to see a doctor again for as long as Same. I live. I, I went to the doctor, but like, also I never want to go see one personally. Like I'm going to go to the doctor. I just, I think I should have a doctor. So I went to the doctor and she immediately, immediately, I didn't even know this chick. And she wanted to cut open my veins and insert pathogenic DNA immediately oh. uh, in the form yeah. of a whooping cough vaccine. Oh, you don't oh. whooping cough. I'm like, trust me, babe. I think it was I'm gonna. not getting whooping cough. Not getting whooping cough. Not getting whooping cough. But then she said Ugh. shingles, and I was like, I definitely don't want shingles. And but I, but I couldn't ask her the question, like, am I more or less likely to get shingles if I get the shingles vaccine? Yeah. Like, I don't want shingles so much that I don't think I want to. But my mother, who doesn't do anything ever, she is anti, anti, anti any kind of medical intervention. She's like, you better get that shingles vaccine. You don't want shingles. I mean, that is going to slow you down. It's like, okay. I've only seen it ever in in people who are like really um, like their immune system is very compromised. Like we'll see a lot of cancer patients also get shingles like after chemotherapy or something oh, like that. Really? But I, I, I don't not know. 
Yeah, I don't know if you really need to worry about that. And if you've had, like, I've, I never got the, I got chicken pox. I never got the vaccine. Yeah, I got chicken pox. So I don't, like, apparently, like, I am susceptible to getting shingles later on. So I don't know. I thought it was a little premature. Yeah. I was like, I think you have to be a little (laughs) older. I don't know. She did have my birthday. We'll see. I don't know. Mm. We'll see. Yes, we'll talk. Keep me posted. I'll tell you what horrible things are happening in the world, and you can tell me how to get over it. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's another thing. Stress will also uh, compromise your immune system, so got to keep that in check. Hmm. However, works best for you all. Sleep. Sleep. You need to sleep. (laughs) I love sleep. Oh, yeah. It's good. It's the best. It's a combination of everything. It really is part of how the system uh, like your own body system keeps functioning <sighs> on that note uh as my functioning yes lines like it's right it, it's going it's going out like i'm about let's to do it let's go all right sleep. yes we're gonna go to sleep so <laughs> all you vixies listening thanks for stopping in um monica you want to plug anything uh before we I, sign off i liked it i have a radio show on a uh, terrestrial radio called Monica Perez show, which is fun to hear what they let out there on the airwaves. Amazing. But I actually believe that I'm, I am performing a service that I do this daily podcast. It's 30 minutes a day called the drive time news blast, but it's under the banner of the propaganda report. Any place you listen to your podcast, 30 minutes afternoon, every afternoon of what happened that day without, uh, well, from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. True justice. Yes. Amen. <laughs> All right. Um, and then everybody, you know where to find us. We've said it enough times and butchered it enough times, but uh, we'll catch you on we'll catch you on Instagram because that's where we hang. Um and you know, we'll see you Most next time. Pet podcatchers, yeah. Yeah, you'll find us everywhere. Um, voluntary vixens. Um And so we'll see you next time. But in the meantime, keep it sane, keep it peaceful, keep it voluntary.